0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the stack y'all. I'm Alex. Giddy up, y'all. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Hooray. And this is a packed stack with some huge comics coming out Fast this stack. week. So let's get Big right week. to it. Talking about Wonder Woman number one from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Daniel Semperi. This is, as you can tell from the number one, a completely new run on Wonder Woman. This is Tom King taking a stab. And the woman of truth. I don't know. Rapid
1: what you, what you... is lasso round the leading lady of the there day. You go.
0: So yeah, this is highly anticipated. This is very heavily hyped. They're really trying as so many people have tried before to be like, Hey, we're going to put Wonder Woman on the same level as Superman and Batman. Give her the same love. Give her the same care. We've got Daniel Samperi, who's kick heard that before. Well, we right. have so i think there's this fair amount of trepidation there in terms of how is this going to pan out but in this first issue and spoilers past this point we get a plot line that is very much ripped from the headlines as a attack in a bar kills 19 men i believe seems to be an amazon who has done it so the united states of america bans all Amazons, start shipping them out of the country oh, breaking up families it's very war on terror in particular, as I'm sure what Tom King is and Daniel St. Perry are going for here. And then by the end, of course, Wonder Woman doesn't believe that everything is on the level. She is fighting back on it. We, the readers, know she's correct because there's a character named the Sovereign who is the secret King of America who has been manipulating everything behind the scenes. So that's the story. That said, what do you guys think? Did it build meet up to the hype? Are you excited for this book going forward?
1: Well, I feel like Tom King's been slowly creeping closer up the ladder of DC characters uh, from Mr. Miracle to your human Target to your Supergirl. And now here we are at Wonder Woman, one of the the main three Trinity characters. Very exciting to have his style of storytelling because it's always very well thought out and working together with always great artists and finding ways to really push the form forward with a lot of the panel designs and everything. So just from a pure comic book st- status, I think this is great. Storytelling-wise, I-, I think this is great. It's one of the best relaunches where the introduction to our main character in the relaunch here is awesome. I like that we get a lot of build up, a lot of anticipation to Wonder Woman, and then just a great scene in the graveyard with her uh, doing some nice battle and the status quo is more intense than we've had for Wonder Woman. A lot of it lately has been dealing with more mythology or interpersonal relationships. This is sort of a line-wide change. I'm curious how this will be reflected.
0: And just to just to check, in terms of him like really sneaking up on the big Trinity of DC, do you include his hundred issue run on Batman, or does that not count? That doesn't count. Okay. Cool.
1: Well, well, but, and I I guess I mean that in more like uh, that wasn't to me the run that he was that was more about the relationship and it wasn't like a redefinition yeah, the bat and or cat
2: or relationship bat yeah.
1: and cat and this feels very much like this is my take and this feels more like the other tom king mini mm-hmm. series or maxi series issues the series he's done over the course of the run
2: yeah totally
0: fair pete what about you
2: yeah i liked i like a badass wonder woman i uh, i thought this was uh really Yeah, yeah, not surprisingly. I I thought, you know, when she was crushing old metal arm there, that was a fun panel there. Steel. Yeah, you know, the kind of last panel of the evil overlord reveal was fun, you know. So, um, yeah, I think this is a solid first-ish setting things up. Tom King likes to play the long game. You know, likes to kind of like, uh, you know, we're not sure what's happening in stories a little bit. This is a little bit more straightforward, which I was surprised about, you know. Um, But I'm excited for it. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman, so now that there's a new Wonder Woman, that's always great. And so I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I spent most of this issue being worried, knowing Tom King and having read everything that he's written, that Wonder Woman would never show up. You know the first issue, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like I, and it kept building, and I kept being like, either she's never going to show up, which is a very classic Tom King thing to do, yeah, or they're building anticipation for actually revealing her. And I was very happy to see that it was the latter, yeah, and also very happy to see that Daniel Perry one hundred percent nailed the reveal. Crushed. The way that was oh, yeah. laid out was gorgeous. The ultimate reveal of Ronda Roman was kick ass in this book and i love having her as like this she has this history behind her that she is already starting at a place of like come on we know this was a fake this was fake yeah. <laughs> what are what are we doing here and yeah. we the reader through the sovereign's narration because this is another like Reading the first two thirds of the book of the show felt like Tom King's bag of tricks where it's like, keep the main character off screen. And the person who you think is narrating is not actually the person who's narrating. But his bag of tricks, he uses them because they're good tricks. You they're know? good like, tricks.
1: That's why you have them in a bag. Exactly. They, you, wanna like c- you want to take them with lose you. them.
0: Right. Exactly. exactly. All the, the stuff all I have the in a bag, I'm like, keep you know? talking.
1: Oh, yeah. that's why you don't say like um strewn about the car of tricks you know that's right yeah because yeah, it's that.
0: harder to find them <laughs> yeah but
1: uh-huh. i w- tom king's original pitch is i wonder where this woman is oh
0: boy oh there we go i do wonder about the sovereign as a villain i'm curious to know more about seeing like a decrepit old man on a throne being like the secret king of america yeah but
2: he has a uh, a black lasso
0: you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He does. He has The, the sort of little of Lies, which I yeah. like. I like that as a concept. Mm-hmm. I do... This feels like the sort of thing that is like very goofy 70s comics to me. I know they're not going to treat it that way. Um, I just need to see...
2: What i do. also really want to see somebody who's just like they want the truth out of them but all they can do is lie and they're like where were you last tuesday I'm like oh, mm-hmm. i was at a carnival you're lying oh okay you got nah. me i was at my aunt's house no oh, you're still lying yeah
1: you know? <laughs> like crossing over with jim carrey's famous liar liar <laughs>
2: <which you're saying>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying the last little <laughs> truth has a real reason you know what i mean where you can get the truth out of somebody like who cares if somebody lies you know what i mean
1: well do you think this is going to be the Green Lanternification of the lasso? And we're going to get the lasso of like fibs, the lasso yeah. of like uh, half the rage
2: lasso. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be yeah just
1: the lasso across the lying truth spectrum.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the, but let me throw out there also one more thing. This, to your point earlier, Alex, this back half of the issue, the reveal of the sovereign, reminded me of a Mark Russell take. Very much mm. like in that sort of comment, meta-commentary, satire mm. vibe, and I actually think that's a good spot for Tom King to be in, doing the sort of hard militaristic first half, and then building up to this character reveal that's like a goofy, skinny old dude.
2: Well, it kind what? of reminded Gosh. me of the Preacher a little bit, where you have mm-hmm. this kind of like, ooh, uh, that's a great call. That
0: definitely that. Sovereign looks like a Preacher character, one hundred percent. I also wanted to mention. Just off of this, because there was a little discussion in our Patreon Slack about it. Our Slack. I know. That our Slack. Tom King not got a start, but worked for a while in the CIA. So there's a fair oh, amount of shit. trepidation in terms of him talking about American stuff, but he's been very open about the fact that he worked with the CIA and that got disillusioned with the American government and America as a whole. And I think that's what he's playing on here. Like again, it's very clearly he's not like war on terror good stuff he's instead he's like no war on terror we're separating families without reason this is in fact very bad and as horrific as possibly can be and he's doing it through the lens of the amazons but this uh, this is stuff that happens every day families are separated they are torn apart people are killed it's awful Yep. i think uh
1: truth to that uh but i also think we had tom king on the show back when he was doing his uh, Nightwing Agent Thirty Seven was it?
2: Uh, yeah, book?
1: yeah, Grayson. Uh, Grayson, yeah, and we had him on when we were doing the show down, down in Chinatown, and uh, he came and talked about him being sort of coming up to the government and sort of how that affected his his work on Grayson.
0: Yeah, so I'm very excited about this run. Let's kick it off, not kick it off, but move on to another big number one here, Captain America number one from Marvel, written by J. Michael Straczynski, art by Jesus Saiz. In this issue, we are very much picking up on the run from Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing as Captain America is still living in this apartment building here. Ultimately, he decides, spoiler, to buy the apartment building, but we're also jumping throughout time to find... The four years between when he was a skinny dude and he, at 14, and became Captain America <laughs> at 18, uh, as well as other points in his history. We're also getting the building up of a new villain here who apparently has the best villain plan of all time, though that we don't know exactly what it is. Um, but there's a lot of things that are to be thrown in the mix here. I want to throw something out first that really struck me about this book is... This is going to sound a little crazy to say at first, but the color brown, like mm. the fact that it's not exactly a sepia tone. Like there are yeah. browns, which are very old timey, but the fact that the cover is that and the coloring throughout is seeped with brown is something that you just don't see in comics. And it... Initially, I was uh, frankly thrown by it because I feel like brown is not like a catchy color in the same way that a white and black like Jonathan Hickman loves or a red is or something like that, but it really makes it stand out and it's really a very purposeful decision that I thought was really fascinating to see play out throughout the book.
1: Well, you can even see it in different pages where there's a lot of like you're saying the flashback and there's some crossover panels and you can see the sort of skinny cap is still in that little tinted brown look and present day cap almost right next to him just pops with a lot more vibrancy and whatnot and that is cool
2: i think the yeah it cast- i mean artistically it's great to have like the different time periods reflected in and the different artistic styles really helps the reader kind of uh the thing though that i i was very excited for this book uh the art is phenomenal i was just a little disappointed about where we ended up because i was like okay you know, let's spend some time with Cap. Let's really get to know him. And I thought, great, awesome. And then, then he's like, I'm going to show you how to be the greatest landlord in the world. And I was like, well, I don't know if we need this story right now, but okay. <laughs> great. And uh-huh. then it turns out, like, the big reveal at the end, it's like, guys, it's really easy to join the Nazi party, because they give out free sandwiches. I was like, whoa, whoa, Cap, what are we doing here? What are we doing? This I is knew, not... I knew that was going to bother That's you. Bother Just you. Th- th- yeah. This is Just bullshit. Mention, like, I don't so- need Cap in, in America these, to, like, fall for... Like, for what are for we anybody doing? who
0: hasn't read it, in the four years we get to see Cap is destitute on the streets, taking any job that he possibly can, and ultimately gets offered a sandwich in Central Park, and this is a real thing that happened. There's a Nazi rally there. That's where the sandwich comes from. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens, but the implication seems to be that, like, Either he fought against potentially the Nazi party in New York or potentially he like got into it a little bit over the course of the years. If the sandwich
1: was really good. Well, let me ask you, Pete, you would never accept a a sandwich from a Nazi in this situation, it seems like. But do you always check the politics when you order your Subway Club from uh, Subway (laughs) of the people behind the counter? Because what if there's someone with some shady politics making
0: your meatballs?
2: Well, you know that's that's a tough call. Yeah, Always, exactly. ask.
0: Always, Always ask. Always ask. Excuse yeah, me. You've hi. seen those propaganda posters, right? Where it's like, who's making your
2: meatball sub? Could be Hitler. Oh man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: you guys got me,
1: <laughs> Mustard. Uh, this, this comic, besides the fascist subs that Pete's eating, I do think. This feels like it's captain america as jesus american jesus we're sort of getting into this middle period of like what happened between when he was skinny cap and when he became uh buff cap and we're learning about how he fought the nazis in a just a chill way i guess i mean i love how it
2: starts with him on a motorcycle like you know taking care of business that was awesome i was just really surprised at like what happened after this, stuff. this is
0: this is I I would say this comic is biting off a lot, but yeah, it's Jay Michael Straczynski Get it? free sandwich. It's Jay Michael Straczynski who does this like he builds histories and he yeah. changes things and he figures out the whole plan of where he's going. So I'm 100 percent willing to follow him on this journey, but. Throughout this book, even though I think it's paced out very well, it definitely felt like, oh, my God, we're doing the secret history of Cap in the four years that we didn't know about, and also Captain America Landlord, and also there's the secret enemy. So there's a lot going on here and a lot to balance. I trust, again, given JMS knows what he's doing most of the time, that we're going to be guided along the way, but... Yeah, anybody else, I'd be like, this is too much for a beginning. too much, yeah.
1: Well, and let me throw out there, is is Cap going to be like a Hawkeye landlord? Is that what we're getting into? He's going to goof around, have a little dog? Pizza dog, you think?
0: I don't he know, Cass, man. Pizza dog? I mean, what, pizza the... dog? Oh, pizza dog?
1: <laughs> the other thing I would say is I do like – We get this little side bit where he goes and just fights with the Fantastic Four for a little while. Mm -hmm. It seems like we're getting it again in the second issue based on the preview of him with Spider-Man. And I actually really like that. I like Captain America has been existing outside in a very Ed Brubaker inspired world of espionage. And I like injecting him back into sort of the main superhero world and having him like, knock, knock, hey, Cap, we have to go fight someone in a fucked up dimension. Would you mind coming with us? And he's like,
0: let's go, dogs. I, I will I say, and that. then we can move on to the next issue, I love the panel of him after he's fighting with the Fantastic Four, get out of the negative zone and just lying on the grass for like one panel being like, okay, just catch my breath here. But the problem though. It.
2: The problem is I would like to be able to enjoy that, but by he's gone, there's a little old lady in 2C whose faucet's leaking all over her apartment, you know, and this guy's got to come down and fix it. And we should probably too busy with Pete the fantastic is dealing with four. a lot
0: of real estate drama right now, so that's very much <laughs> No, has about. no. Pete, Pete has hates landlords. With-
1: <laughs> Pete hates a landlord, and he's torn between loving Cap and hating all landlords. Mm. What are you going to do, Pete?
0: Which side are you on?
2: I don't know. I mean, the hardest thing for me was if someone handed me a sandwich and I was starving. And then they were like, "It's a Nazi sandwich." I'd be like, "No, and throw it on the ground." But then I'd be like, "No sandwich on the ground! Oh, I just wasted it." On he loves stands. sandwiches. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy John has triggering. deep ties to the Nazi Party. Why don't
0: we move on and talk and I'm about a Jersey rare... Mike's guy? So that's Speaking, fine. With me. Uh, you're okay, oh, Jersey yeah. Mike. Don't also you mean a Nazi Berlin's guy. Mike? Berlin's Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Why don't we stop talking about food and instead talk about rare flavors? Number one for Boom wow. Studios, written by Reb, the art by Felipe Andrade. This is the same team behind the many deaths of Layla's. Our, oh come on arguably the yes. most lauded book of the past couple of years. It was one of yes. our best graphic novels, one of our best we were series. the first ones I think to talk yeah about we that. we were the on the bleeding edge we were on the cusp oh, I see. here cusp. so a lot of setup in this issue. we are following what seems to be some sort of gods on earth. One particular God who is very interested in food and record, uh, recruiting somebody to film a documentary about him while a bunch of stuff is going on outside that at the same time. Given the high
2: watermark of many deaths of Leila Star, what do you think about this book? Well, first off, you got to talk about how breathtaking it is because it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, this it's is magnificent, magnificent art. I mean, this is just like, it's almost kind of like pastels or kind of like a water fl- uh, color, like floating art. It's really, it's worth it for the art alone, uh, if I could use a phrase that is overused. But um, the story- By you, by, you, uh, sh- by sure, specifically you. Yeah. still overused. Uh, my, uh, but I, I, all the art aside, there is this creepy ass uh, kind of main character- who uh, is kind of trying to recruit somebody and we're trying to figure out like, you know, what's going to happen. So very uh, interesting story that I think is, it relies on how unique it is to hook you in because it's not giving us a lot of explanation or what's going on. It's just kind of throwing us into what's going down and then we're just supposed to be kind of running with it, which I think is a very confident move that they pull off really well
1: yeah you could feel this being the next book behind Layla Star uh pretty intensely i think as you're reading it uh sort of right next door in a lot of the the ways it's presented and some of the ideas the way it's sort of a little bit slow played but i will say the story pulled me in uh i like the the what's been set up i like the sort of tension that's here the reveal later on which i guess i won't spoil but like there's there's a lot going on right there there's a lot of characters sort of swirling this idea and i love a little recipe in the middle
2: oh you love a good recipe
0: this feels very manga to me like it feels Mm. very manga inspired in terms especially with the recipe yes especially with the recipe (laughs) in terms of the pacing of it as well it actually feels very different from Layla star in terms of Layla star was like I know what this is for the first issue. Here, we are beginning a story. Felipe Andrade's art is gorgeous. These are very different characters, like Pete said, the pastels and the washed out coloring throughout is really fascinating to see, but I'm not 100%. This is very much like a setup issue. So I'm excited to read the second issue, but I'm not 100% sure where it will go, but I will follow it wherever it does go. Green Lantern, War Journal, number War one. War Journal! College War Journal, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Montos. If you are curious about more about this title, we talked to Philip Kennedy Johnson at yes, Bell Baltimore Oh,
2: Comic-Con. only if we talked about him about this, that would have been cool. We talked to him about we this. We did. Oh, we did. Man. We did. You can check we did it out on the Comic
0: Book Club feed. We got a whole interview about that where we touched on this, but this is spinning off of the backstory from Green Lantern. We are getting... Another universe is encroaching on the DC universe and Jon Stewart is caught in the middle. What would you think about the kickoff here? I well, think
1: this is fun. I feel like I'm feeling a lot of Philip Kennedy Johnson's work in his Alien series, like in especially in the beginning here, not just because it's set in space, but just the way the tension is played out and sort of there's uh, the problem is laid out here well before we get to see John uh, dealing with the stuff that he's been spinning out from his backups that he's been doing in the main Green Lantern title. And uh, the art's fantastic. Uh, I like it has a little and maybe I'm influenced by the Hulk book that Philip Kennedy Johnson is also doing, but it has a little bit of a horror element in here. And I think that's a good spot for John Stewart to be in.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a hell of a first start. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm very excited about where this is going to go and, and what's going to happen. And I feel like this is a really solid first issue. I mean, you, you don't, you, you can't show up to somebody's mom's house. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. You know, I don't care what planet mm. you're from. You don't go to somebody's mom's house, you know? Um, but I think Just this for is a visit? <laughs> to, to talk shit or to do something bad. You know what I mean? Like if God. you want to show up to somebody's mom's house and bring food and say hi and, you know, do something nice, you can you can't yeah. just, you know what I mean? I did drop myself. off
1: two garbage plates at your mom's house, and I did talk a little shit, though, at the same time. My bad.
2: <laughs> well, that's fucked up, but I'm glad that uh, she's got some garbage plates. Uh, I got I her just, garbage. Yeah, she got, Mama, her garbage. got
1: her garbage. Mama got her garbage. Mama got
2: her garbage. Yeah, I, I think this is a really solid first start. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see uh, what's going to happen here. And uh, also some really crazy cool covers the one with john Stewart's gatling gun was pretty badass
0: yeah this is definitely philip kennedy johnson trying to take john stewart and put him on the same level as hal jordan and the rest of the lanterns and i appreciate that this is bringing in uh, also a very philip kennedy johnson villain in terms of the radiant dead is what i think it's called which is basically like star sapphire zombies essentially so, really intriguing start. Very excited to follow this book. Why don't we talk about Predator versus Wolverine, number Whoa. one from Marvel, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Ken Lashley, Grenland, and Andrea DeVito. In this issue, we are kicking off with Wolverine and Predator fighting in the present, and then we flash back and find out they've basically been fighting out throughout Wolverine. They've been fighting
2: this whole time, man. This whole time? We didn't time. even know about it. I'll tell you
0: what this is exactly what you want from a predator versus Wolverine book art wise and writing wise. Yeah, I,
2: I agree. I think it's a, it's a fun kind of like, I mean, I would have loved just one battle, but we kind of got battles throughout time, which is a kind of fun reveal. Also, you got like, different predators from different movies and you getting different wolverines from different time periods too so very cool idea very well executed and also the kind of tease of the next to come where it's like the schwarzenegger uh, one where there are kind of wolverines in the jungle there and it's looking very kind of like 80s style so very cool predator. a ton of fun the movie predator um, yeah. <laughs> the movie Predator, yeah.
1: The Schwarzenegger one.
2: Yeah. Schwarzenegger movie The Predator. We're talking about Predator versus Wolverine, not the I Schwarzenegger. I actually think this Wolverine I think this comic's
1: movie. this comic's sort of based on that that movie. Really? Some ways. Okay. You could say you could say it is. Uh I agree this is fun. It's very funny to me how much of the Predator mythos at Marvel is like these predators are showing up whenever the fuck they want on Earth. They just pop in. It's like they're traveling around following their favorite football team, tailgating, then landing on Earth to, like, hunt whoever's running around, moving people from different time periods. Hey, look, this guy's got bone claws. Let's get him. Uh-oh, later he's more dangerous because he's got more metally claws. Fun.
0: Great stuff, and great mix of artists as well. Madam Satan, Hell on Earth, number one from Archie Comics, written by Elliot Rahal, art by Vincenzo Federici. This is bringing together a lot of threads from the Archie horror line as the apocalypse finally comes for Riverdale with Madam Satan in the middle. She is teaming up with Jinx, is the character who shows up here, which is uh just been introduced and drawn to prominence at archie what'd you guys think about this issue
2: i thought this was horrifying oh Oh, go ahead
1: no that's that's it one word
2: oh wow okay um yeah i thought this was a great first ish (laughs) Uh, Uh, what word uh fun twists and turns And, you know, sometimes uh, you're on top of the kind of Satan world and sometimes you're a homeless mummy, you know, but you've got to ride or die with your choices. So I appreciate that. I like the fun twist kind of last uh, panel. I'm having a great time with this.
1: The way that Archie Comics sort of approaches all their books is like, let's put this as far away from your mainstream expectations of what an Archie comic book is and we'll work our way back. And we've seen a little bit of setup even, some continuity here between Madame Satan, Jinx. Those characters have been on a collision course, weirdly, for a a couple stories. And this book is horrifying. It's got a wild continuity that it's dealing with, but it still makes me want to keep reading, especially the mainline horror stuff they're doing.
0: Catwoman, number 57, from DC Comics, written by Tini Howard, art by Nico Leon. This is continuing the... Uh, Gotham War storyline as Batman and Catwoman are on opposite sides here. Of course, we're mostly fo- focusing on Catwoman, though there's plenty of Batman stuff as well, as well as crickets, of course, in the background. That's right. And, it's like, what is that? Yeah, what's going on? Are you suddenly in the woods? Yeah, I'm a cricket. No, that makes
2: sense.
0: And in this issue, lots of stuff we're dealing with. Lots of balls that are in the air as Vandal Savage has bought Wayne Manor. Jason up. is on the other side of things. And of course, Justin is in the beautiful woods. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think a cricket just showed up right outside my basement window. Know, he is uh, humming.
2: Yeah, he,
0: loves,
1: he, he loves bat cat romance. And despite mm-hmm. the fact that they're not really getting along here, I think uh, this cricket's along for the ride. That's been my cricket review of Catwoman <laughs> number 57. <laughs> Well fun now Pete uh, I obviously it's bothered it's bothering you that vandal Savage is making a major real estate purchase here
2: which is yes. really
1: he's becoming the landlord for Bruce Wayne who's gonna have to end up getting his faucet fixed by his greatest one of his greatest enemies
2: I mean what's crazy to me is Batman was just the sleep at the wheel and someone could just buy out his property underneath him without him being aware it's like he's just kind of like what and he was like yo I, I own this piece now well get to out be of my fair, he
0: was literally to, asleep It's in pronounced the to be. Pa- to uh, he was asleep for eight weeks or something like that. Yeah, and
2: eight he weeks. And a that's coma. a lot of. That's yeah. not even. And if that's like one payment cycle, he missed. You know what I mean? You can't just yeah. fucking shoe yeah. focused can. on real estate. you right too
1: now. deep. Let me. You think Batman's still paying off Bruce? Uh, yeah. Paying off Wade Manor? Apparently,
2: if somebody could just Batter, buy it. it
1: yeah, if, Bruce Manor. Had we like to call it Bruce do you, Batter Do you feel like when there's a leaky sink, he fixes it? or He's like Alfred. Uh Alfred. bathroom ninety two over there is a leaky <laughs> sink. Could you pop over and give it a, a he can't twist. anymore.
0: Alfred's dead. I guess he could dig up Alfred's cor- oh, corpse. corpse and use it as like a, a screwdriver Alfred. or something Have like
1: some that. Respect, oh, that's man. a that's a good. Have some oh, government bone government screwdriver.
2: screwdriver. Use- <laughs> screwdriver's the main tool when you're doing heads, plumbing, Alex. A wrench. I don't know. All right. Well, first off, there you know, you get
0: this adorable cover. Sorry, and Pete, real quick. Could you use Alfred's corpse as a wrench? What do you think? Yeah. No. Is it a no, continuity guys- question?
2: You guys are going to hell. That's an awful thing to say. But wouldn't saying. he want to continue
1: buttling in any way that he can, even in death?
2: Shut up, Cricket. Anyways, <laughs> so this... First off, you get this cover where it's Bat and Cat together, and you think, oh, maybe this war is going to be fine. Uh, but it's, uh, it's not. It, everything is not good for Batman. He's losing it. He's losing his shit. He's literally uh, at the graves crying. People are watching him like, yo, Batman is not okay. Um... Uh, yeah, I just think that there's a lot going down, which is very cool. Uh, it's just weird to see people picking sides and Batman kind of losing and Catwoman winning. Um, the whole kind of uh, Bat- uh, Catwoman Jason Todd kind of moment was kind of touching, where she was like, "You know, we're fighting, but I'm still trying to look out for these people," which was kind of nice. So it's not all just evil. Um, but that whole kind of like savage dancing with catwoman at the gala i mean that's batman's gig that's That's, usually where he shows up for that you know so that was messed up as well uh yeah this is this is a you know this is a real war and i'm worried about the aftermath of this here you're worried yeah i'm worried
1: i i was a bit dubious about this crossover at first it felt a little forced for the characters but this issue I thought was great, really, first off, really great art that, um, Pete, I yes. wish you had talked about. Uh, it's almost <laughs> oh, like you that. could almost just catch gotcha. <laughs> it. But the story as well is really fun. And I like the way that this book is preserving itself as a Catwoman book, even though there's so much going on with Batman and Jason Todd here
0: uncanny spider-man number one from marvel written by cy spurrier art by lee garbert in this issue nightcrawler is now in new york he is in one spider-man's costumes and trying to be a hero despite the fact that because of fall of x mutants are completely outlawed i know pete is going to yell at me for saying this but i think this was my issue of the week i absolutely love this i was unsure about this idea i didn't understand what it would mean about nightcrawler being in a spider-man costume it seemed like such a weird concept to me but this 100 percent worked because nightcrawler's humor and his conflict with the fact that like recently in continuity he turned into a big demonic dude and killed a guy while yes, he's wrestling which is him, weird which is weird but it feels like very classic spider-man of like i have this guilt but i'm trying to be funny and save people at the same time the new status quo with the vulture he is now working for Arcus. i think is great love and the reveal of silver sable on essentially a goblin glider at the end also fantastic i had a absolute blast reading this book
1: I mean, just the way that things progress from, like, fun to fun to fun and then throw in a silver sable reveal at the end. Hello, this book is made for your man JT over here, JT Cricket. So, like, <laughs> I thought I thought this was great as well. And maybe the most fun, weird side book for the Fall of X uh, mm-hmm. event, the way that it lines up. And let me throw it there also. We're going to talk about another Spider- Spider-Man book later. This book is more Spider-Man than that Spider-Man
2: book, and 100%. I won't take it. Wow. Hey, by can you a turn up shot. the cricket a little bit hard, I <laughs> yeah, have a listen, hard at the heart? here. I, I am
1: at home in Brooklyn, and if there's a cricket here, I can't. I can't control the bug
2: situation here. There's just bugs. You're, you're losing the battle. In I'm your in own Brooklyn, home. New
1: York. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. The heart of the city. <laughs> if it's a cricket we could, out here.
2: If we could speak cricket, it would be a cricket going. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you got some so, slice of pizza. yeah, yeah. Hey, you gotta fold yeah. your pizza over here yeah. So, on, i gotta go out there and
1: yell
0: at this cricket what are
1: uh-huh.
2: these hey just fight fight out the cricket. I'm trying podcast over here come hey, on
0: hey what's your opinion on that wing it came out today hey
1: oh hold on a second the crickets actually sit in front of a tiny mic i guess he's also podcasting <laughs> oh, and right, he's right. mad at me for being <laughs> oh, too he's
0: mad at you yeah makes he's sense. on that podcast i cricket right of, yes that's <laughs> exactly wow.
1: Wow, wow 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 shout outs,
2: shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, all right anyways yeah i mean i read this and i was like do is this what we need right now we need right call is spider-man because spider-man sucks i don't know um uh, i was trying to enjoy this i really was but i just uh there this mix them up of things i i don't know i mean i uh, cool be creative try new things cool great um but i i just um i didn't know where the fun was you know what i mean uh that vulture oh, who so looked funny. like the whole thing well, about like, you got your you got your time to talk
0: no but uh, like i'm claiming my time
2: wow um, think about the tail
0: ah! spider-man being like how do you fit the tail the costume I, it's They're fun very funny
2: what's fun. that funny you thought that was funny i yes that's why okay. i said that I didn't think it was funny. Anyway, the vulture who looks like Cypher juiced up with wings just was like, what is this? Uh, this looks really dumb. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's intentional. <laughs> yeah, it was just... I don't... I, yeah, I just don't... I Maybe it's just not for me and I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad people are enjoying this and liking it. You know, they make stuff for different people and awesome. If it's for you, perfect. So, great. So I'm like, who is this for? I don't like this. Get this away from me.
1: Are you saying this combination of two of your favorite characters and your least favorite versions of them in like a <laughs> decade that you don't like?
2: yeah exactly you me. don't that's like exactly. this
1: combination yeah. of those things oh yep. interesting yeah um i talked to the cricket and he's cool he's just trying to hook up
2: oh that's good <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry to step on his dick there you know what i mean yeah <laughs> why
0: don't we talk about a advanced comic nights number one out october 11th from image comics written by wyatt kennedy art by luigi formany for uh, for Misato. Yeah. I don't know why I had a problem with that. this anyway, have a this problem is a, for me, the worst. Yeah, This is a proto-vampire story about a, a girl vampire who is just like mostly kind of hanging out. But this- Don't weird... give it away. It's not out yet. Okay? You can't spoil it. No, I think we could say that. This is a world where like a bunch of monsters exist and other things exist. But what'd you guys think about this? We obviously like really enjoyed Bolero from Wyatt Kennedy. How do you feel about this follow-up here?
2: I think this is like adorable and also scary. I really love the art style to get that in before Justin makes fun of me. Um, but I, I was impressed. It's kind of a slice of life, Kind of uh, teenage vampire story, which I appreciated, like it had this kind of indie feel and this kind of cool pace to it that was very confident, very kind of like, this is what's going on in in this uh, vamp's life right now. I definitely think this is cool and worth checking out. I I thought it was uh, very unique and had a cool feel to it.
1: This book takes a lot of wild swings, and at first I was like, what are we doing here? Let me shout out the first, the opening words after behind the cover. Florida is owned by Spain. America consists of 31 states. Vampires, ghosts, and other supernaturals are common and benign. The infinite, the internet is infantile and irrelevant. That's how we start the Hot book, tiff. and then it, and it just goes into other stuff, and then we got vampires just sort of hanging out, and then we move into a couple different time periods over the course of it. So I was like, "Who? this is a lot. But I actually really liked it over the course of the read. Like, I like the characters. I like yeah. sort of the moves. I'm curious to see where the all of these wild things on the table end up taking this book.
0: I I love that. I love taking these wild, insane swings at the beginning of the book and then using it as a setting rather than the concept, using the idea of, like, we have these characters. I want to dive into these relationships and talk about these people and how they affect each other. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And that's really bold. That's something you don't see in comics a lot. And the art by Luigi Formasano is really clean. It reminds me a little bit of Jamie McKelvey in a certain way. Like it's not.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like the lines are not quite as thick. It's not quite as specific, but like, it's it's very clean art, like and it's very defined. Reminds art. me
2: of Lunar Brothers a little bit.
0: Hmm, Lunar Brothers, I could see, like probably not as quite as exaggerated as that, but I think that's a good call out as well. This is a good book. Definitely pick this up when it comes out in October. Um, really, I bold. would throw out one
1: other comparison, yeah. and it's uh, I have recency bias because we're reading it, but like it reminded me of a the some of the ways that the swings are brought in is very Scott Pilgrim in that it's mm-hmm. just like nope here's a ghost running by and it's like <laughs> it just happens mm-hmm. and then it's suddenly woven into the story so the
2: ghost thing uh, was so much fun with that yeah. little uh, running zombie yeah. or whatever or not spoiling yeah great stuff definitely pick this up
0: next one nightwing number 106 from dc comics written by tom taylor and michael w conrad art by stephen byrne and serg akuna in this issue we're finally. Picking up on that weird pirate ship thing from a couple of issues back, I think this was like 98 or 99, where Nightwing left something for himself in a secret safe. We finally find out that was while he was Rick Grayson, a.k.a. shot in the head and not really having his memory, that weird period of time back in DC Comics. And we're moving forward from there. Um, As usual, this is great.
1: Fantastic. Leave it to Tom Taylor to be able to weave in maybe the least popular version of Nightwing (laughs) for the last decade where he was Rick Grayson. He was just like sort of mean and like (laughs) wandering around uh, Bloodhaven being a jerk. And weaves it in pretty seamlessly to this uh, book that is all about that is so bright and so sweet and about our superhero just being super all the time. Really good. Love the backup as well. It's more in the sort of Nightwing Batgirls side of things. This book just doesn't disappoint.
2: Yeah, anytime T-Squared is on a book, I'm going to check it out because Tom is a, a, a fant- uh, fantastic writer. Yeah, and always taking interesting kind of uh, looks at stuff. And, yeah, I think I am very excited to see what happens because it seems like such an interesting setup of, like, hey, here's some important documents that maybe I should have read that I'm just going to put in a safe place. And I'm like, oh, those are going to be important later. We're really going to have to come back to that and see what it says. That's uh, true in real life too, P, with important documents of yours. Well, that's what like, I'm trying to for say. For instance, a, you it's a read, deed. A deed. You should read documents when you get them and then kind of like decide where to put them. You know what I mean? Because uh, it looks like he didn't read them at all. You know, he just got an envelope and then kind of passed it off to somebody else. You got to read that first. At least take it a little time before you put it somewhere safe.
1: Pete, when we eventually open the black box with all of your important documents, what comics will it be filled with exclusively?
2: Uh, it's going to be a lot of comics in there for sure. Uh, you know, I'm not.
1: Where's his will? I don't know, but he left uh, Garth Ennis's Punisher in here.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Why don't we move on and talk about Alpha Flight number two from Marvel and Ed Bryson, art by Scott Godlewski. In the last issue of the book, we found out that the two teams of Alpha Flight were not actually two teams. They were one team. They're trying to rescue mutants and take them to safety. However, half the team is pretending to work for Canada, who is attacking mutants, and that's what they're continuing
2: to struggle with this issue. What did you think about this one? A lot of great puck lines in here. You know what I mean? Um, you know,
1: uh, just pucking well, around is yeah, what we're doing
2: here. Well, you know, puck's like, man, what a state of affairs. You know what I mean? Uh, someone is uh, safer in a war zone than their own home. You know, like, wow, puck giving us that 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 the gravel, the gravitas. You know, hitting us with those hard uh, hard lines. That one line where he's like. What do we do boss i was like puck oh you're killing me uh yeah this is this is fun um uh i know it's kind of in this x-men continuity which kind of blows but i'm still uh enjoying the puck of it all
1: hmm. uh what i like about this side of the uh, fall of x stuff is alpha flight has been able to carve out their own stakes for this book mm-hmm. off to the side they're dealing with the repercussions of it but it's only to serve their team's story. And I really like that. The other books are telling a larger story, but it feels like there aren't individual stakes in a lot of the single issues. And this, it's keyed up, it's uh, stressful, and uh, there's inherent drama here.
2: Keyed up from the seed up.
0: Mm-hmm. That's sure. what I say. Yeah, everybody always says that. Juder Baker, The Righteous Faker, number one from Image Cox, by Joe ah. Casey, art by Ryan Quackenbush. In this issue it is a joe joe casey comic
2: so pete take it away uh well first off i had to pause there you uh that last name took me by surprise quackenbush is quite a quite a fun uh last name there so, i have friends like
0: who whose last name are quackenbush from uh, Darkwing Duck. yeah <laughs>
2: They live Ooh, in the duck darkwing Park. duck
0: characters.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Blathering, Blatherskite. I'd love to meet them.
2: <laughs> but also, G- Junior Baker, the righteous faker, is also a great name. So they're killing it already. Well, before, well, I just... and think let's, we could move we should... on from our review from there
0: because we've covered no, everything. Oh yes, just no. Hold on, because yeah, I love
1: I love Joe Casey's work. Uh, this is coming off of another title that we've read and reviewed a bunch: uh, Butcher Baker, the righteous maker. Uh, Right.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, you're right. So you see that there's a connection here, potentially, or again, it's a Joe Casey book. Maybe not. We don't know. This book feels like where Butcher Baker was like a wild, revved up, high octane, uh, multi dimensional uh, comic book this feels like it's just revving its engines we're starting in sort of a more regular place there's a lot of like mystical things happening Uh, i feel like we're gonna really jump off in the next issue
2: yeah i mean this is like a tripped out crazy good time type of comic there's a lot uh, going on here and uh you know there's uh that kind of like night sky ghost a little bit where it's kind of like a very mystical and interesting looking so uh yeah, I'm very intrigued, and I feel like as a first issue, it really did a great job of kind of setting up an interesting idea, and I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: The art and colors are gorgeous in this book. It really feels to be like a Vertigo book, like Vintage Stan- Sandman, a little bit. So nice, I yeah. like looking at it. I Had a hard time hanging on to the story. is Ooh, what I would interesting, say. interesting? But that's a it's
1: got to let it wash over you. When Joe Casey's out yeah, there.
0: yeah, exactly. Superman number six from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gleb Melnikov, Melnivkov, I guess. Um, in mm. this issue, Superman finds out about a secret that is left over from Lex Luthor's days as a hero. He captured somebody, threw them in a cell far below Metropolis. And of course, Superman tries to save that person and it goes horribly wrong. Um, Gets into trouble. Oof. I I love this book. Like, I, I love... You seem surprised
1: by your review of it.
0: Well, I don't know, because I want to, like, Philip Kennedy Johnson, we love Philip Kennedy Johnson, and I love, like, yes. the whole Superman family thing, but I think <laughs> this is my Superman book right now, just because wow. there's big, bold swings that feel to me like... Back in the day when we had all four Superman books going weekly and it was four different books, but they were really just one book. That's what this feels like to me, where it's taking these like Mercy Graves, Supercore, Lois Lane running the Daily Planet, Superman freeing this new villain and trying to do the right thing, but creating this villain called The Chained. It's just these big wild swings and I'm really enjoying it. The moment... I tried to repeat this to my family and it completely fell flat, but the moment where Superman comes in You mean into- us, your family? No, my actual family. Uh, when Sup- I'm sorry, I have another, I have a second family, I've been cheating on you. The When Superman comes into Lois Lane's office and is like, hey, Metropolis, oh, weird, I've never said that before.
2: Great joke. Isn't wow. <laughs> Well, don't let the sounds of cricket uh, sounds after you said that joke uh, influence you at all because <laughs> wow. uh, or the
1: tumbleweed uh, yeah, that
2: came across screen yeah, yeah that's
1: just a sound effect I'm playing over and over again <laughs> yeah
2: smart smart
1: I see I see why you like it Alex because I, I also like it it definitely feels like a status quo back to basic Superman book where it's just like Superman core team Lex did a bunch of bad things I'm friends with Lex now I have to pick up all of his pieces and we're moving through that the art is very much like superhero book while the other book feels like it's expanding the family it's dealing with a lot of sort of more mushy relationships dynamics it's hard to sort of slice off exactly what's happening uh, as an overall premise and I think there's room for both of these books uh, totally. to be great
2: yeah I I love uh, the kind of setup of this I just hate it when people do dumb things uh like superman just breaking somebody out of prison before i don't know looking into it at all i mean he has x-ray vision see who's in there uh i don't know maybe try to find out who it is before you just completely set him free and madness ensues uh do but you feel
1: I- like if you were in his position like ordering a subway sandwich from a nazi you'd be able to tell <laughs> that he was bad before you order the sandwich.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, excuse me, sir, is that a swastika? Oh it is? Well you can stop making that sandwich now. Um uh, my point <laughs> being ordered the is next way make... with
0: it. A... <laughs> is he making the swastika out of like mayonnaise or mustard or something?
2: Uh, or what's wait. going on there? No, no, I'm talking about a tattoo he has on his hand. Anyways, uh, I think <laughs> that the art is cool. It has like a Batman year one look to it, which I think is a fun choice yeah. here for Superman. So, uh, like a Tim inter- Sale energy? Ooh. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is definitely unique and cool and definitely worth checking out. Dark X-Men number two for
0: Marvel, written by Steve Fox, art by Joda Sharp. This issue after the... Big loss, I guess, that these dark X-Men suffered in the last issue. Havoc is now a zombie. We are meeting this new Goblin Queen, who is a Goblin Queen from an alternate dimension. Also, Archangel is going through a lot of changes as well. So this new X-Men team not going very well. What do you think about this one?
2: Oh, I I had fun with this. I'm enjoying this. I feel like we're doing a good job of kind of dealing with uh, uh, what's going on in these individual characters. Um, and uh, yeah, a crazy last panel. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, solid art. I will read more. I I was a little bit like, oh, God, what's this going to be? But I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Wow. We got we finally cracked one. We only have to do the weirdest fall of X book of all time to find a way to for Pete to like it because havoc just like dies reanimates like that's ah, crazy I love crazy her, yeah. but I'm dead I'm definitely dead over here uh, and you know all these strange things are happening I like this team we get a little uh, LCD shows up here
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which mm-hmm. I was like yo keep on pulling these x-men characters from the deep dark uh, back to prominence
2: well it is dark x-men so yeah you got yeah. It from the deep dark. Let's move on to another advanced one.
0: Edenwood number one, which is out October 18th from Image Comics by Tony S. Daniel. This is very different from Noctara, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. This is kind of a straight across the bow fantasy book that focuses on some teen characters. What did you guys think about this one?
2: Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a fucked up cool story uh, love the bone mask uh, absolutely bananas art. Uh cool story bro i'm going to check out more. You love the bone mask uh,
1: I also like this, though, I was like I am a little I have questions about the world, it feels mm-hmm. like this is one of those. Final Fantasy-inspired worlds where it's like, oh, we this is fantastical, but also there's a bunch of technology, and everyone has guns at different periods, and it's sort of a a wash of that, and I would love a little bit more specificity.
0: I agree with that. I mean, Tony S. Daniel is always phenomenal on the art. I'll read everything that he draws, but yeah, this is a lot of fantasy stuff that I'm not 100% sure what it coalesces into at this point, so... We'll see. I'll read the second issue because I like his stuff, um, but I'm not 100% sure at this point. The Vigil number 5 from DC Comics, written by Ram V, art by Sid Kodian and Dev Promenick. This is picking off of the massive reveal from the last issue where it turns out that all the characters in the visual are in the, the imagination of one of the other characters. That was the wild crazy twist that happened in issue number 4. Here we find out exactly what that means and how that happened and it in my opinion does not disappoint. I continue to love this. I continue to love the emotion and the wild inventiveness here. This is great. This is one of continues to be one of the best books that DC is publishing.
1: Agreed. I've been really enjoying this from the jump even back in um, Lazarus uh, unleashed event or whatever that's the wrong name for it but uh it it was it was great right from then and i've really enjoyed the exploration here it reminds me of a lot of like uh 90s comics where it's just like huge swings putting it all out there in this limited run i believe the next issue is the last issue mm.
2: yeah Ooh. i'm excited to see how it all ties up ramby unbelievable writer there's an unbelievable team on here um Evil Kids kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I'll be reading it to the end to see how it uh, wraps up.
0: Loki number four from Marvel, written by Dan Waters, art by Jermaine Peralta. Speaking of wrapping things up, this is the last issue of this title as loki finally gets all of his toenail clippings together and mm, yum uh, yum. F- yeah, yum, yeah, yum yeah yum yummy that is actually what he's been doing he took a bunch of toenail clippings and turned them into a boat and he's trying to find the various pieces of the boat this last one brings him face to face with bullseye which is a wild pairing yeah ever would have yeah. predicted pete you yeah. seem surprised.
2: Well, yeah, low-key, I think this is a really enjoyable book. Um, I uh, I was really impressed with Bullseye in this. I thought Bullseye was such a fun, cool villain choice. And Spider-Man also was used really interestingly well in this as well. Uh, so as a kind of a pawn for Loki. Um Yeah, I, I, Dan Waters is uh, writing the crap out of this. This is a really fun, cool story.
1: I, sort of on the opposite side, I feel like Bullseye's just been always too juiced up. Like, why does he get to be, like, such a powerful villain?
2: He's just good at Because he doesn't ass. miss, bro. Can he you can imagine, imagine not being able he's to miss? Like, you could kill somebody with a paper airplane. With a paper yeah, but clip. This, he's, like, he, with the... he's
1: doing magic and reading a book. He's throwing a paper airplane. I don't know. I feel like just Bullseye gets this badass credit that I don't subscribe to. And, like, I... I like this book. I like top to bottom. It was definitely one of the more woolly, like Loki stories we've seen lately, which is cool. I think perfect character to do that. Just the choice of bullseye I here, I was like, "What? Who? Who's like dying for these two to meet?"
2: That's interesting. That's kind of how I felt about the Nightcrawler. Like, who's who's this for? Why is Nightcrawler Spider Man? All um, right, no like need that, to man.
0: slam something else to plus up something else. Yeah, but it I sounds like say... something I would say i i was enjoying it i like the fact uh that we got to see these two characters together i thought this was a great great series it was a lot of fun it was weird it was interesting more swings like this please noctara number 16 from image comics written by scott snyder art by tony s daniel this is bring to an end for now uh, i don't want it to end for and now for now um so you gotta kind of figure out what happens here i well, this I've is been... set in a world where darkness has reigned and dark monsters in a world in a world where dark monsters have taken over everything one lady who is also a dark monster Is going to fight against them but she's not really the main character it's actually her brother that they're more focused on hmm yeah i thought this was
2: a really great ending thank Uh, you uh all right that's enough of that um yeah i mean oh boy uh you know it was a cool ending with that you kind of you know when you have dark monsters and then there's light beings. You know we're going to get a big kind of Care Bear stare at the end to win the day, <laughs> and they did that. And I feel like it was a great kind of culmination of all these ideas, or uh, executed in a cool way. The art is super tight, bananas, and uh, yeah, I mean this is a, this is a great team. You got a great writer, an unbelievable artist, and it was an interesting, cool idea that was well executed.
1: It really was a Care Bear stare. So shouts to that. Uh, just to you, Pete, for nailing that. It's funny, that, like you say, Alex, the main character isn't the superhero here. Almost to a... There's such great distance between the story even and Noctera. And it had. It reminded me of like reading the first few being like, oh, this is cool, like sort of a... A, a dark world a cool superhero but it really was just like sort of a, a f- ensemble story focused mm-hmm. on this one kid or a villain story yeah uh, Black the Top blacktop bill, bill was
2: such an amazing character yeah
1: so the that's what Scott Snyder is such a great writer because he sort of lets the story find its power where it does and it just changed a lot from issue one to issue 16 and ended in a place that i i did enjoy and this story is also about like just driving trucks
0: dude sometimes you just gotta hit the open road you know what i mean 100 hammer down titans number three from dc comics written by tom taylor art by nicola scott in this issue the titans are coming directly for the new well it's not brother blood but the cult of blood i guess i'm not 100 percent sure of the name mm-hmm. but they are trying to raise trigon the new leader of the Cult of Blood is fighting against that. There's a lot of twists and turns here, leading to, I would say conservatively, the most upsetting last paddle of the week. Oh. To that.
1: Agree. I was like yucky. Went in way <laughs> closer than I imagined it was going to. At the end,
0: you guys, uh, but I loved it. I thought it was a great twist. Just in terms of me too doing a good job of making you think, oh, this isn't going to happen, and then it happens. So... Good job.
2: wait. Are you guys talking about the gross fern monster that lives in people's mouths? Is that what you're talking about? Uh,
1: uh, Do you ask? Yes.
2: Are you wondering if we're talking about that? Yes, of that was course it's
1: really, No, it I was talking the the about the fact
0: out. that, like, the flash he runs fast, which is disgusting to me. It's <laughs>
1: gross. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Slow down, guy. Where <laughs> are you going
0: not...
2: <laughs> Take your time, man. <laughs> that's so funny. I never really put that together of why I hate the flash so much, but it really crystallized in that <laughs> moment for me.
1: And when you he realize he's just fast
2: no that I, I you know i don't like running you know and i think that i something i didn't really realize of why maybe i don't like wow the that was an unexpected effect of that joke that i made yep. uh what
0: did you guys think about this issue though this comic book
1: this comic book i i've Too been creepy. enjoying this series I like the creepiness. I like that it's approaching it from a very Titans place where they're all like friends helping each other out. And then we're getting this surprising, gross thing underneath. And a lot of the, the there's a central mystery here as well that we're going through, but this stuff is also good. And we're still getting a big splash page where they're like, Titans go, let's go. So working on multiple fronts. So Tom Taylor's good at. Great art. Square.
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, number six from Marvel, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Ladzik, art by Alex Lids. In this issue, we're finally finding out what caused Grootfall as the Guardians of the Galaxy... Spoiler... die? Basically. Ah! They're all dead. They're all inside of Groot's head. And in their final moments, they're going through what they did wrong that led to this point. We find out exactly what caused Grootfall. And, uh, yeah that's it rip the Guardians of the Galaxy good
2: last issue
1: end of series
2: I mean I love the way this was kind of set up and played out like the whole it's not my it was my fault pick kind of thing that kept repeating was a really cool storytelling uh uh device that they used. but man Grufo was such a cool visual thing that happened. And uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's it's a creative kind of take on things. It's a weird spin and you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why I appreciated about it. Like, I don't know if you could pull this off in any other uh, kind of story, but man, it's it hits you in the feels. It's kind of epic. And man, the art is just every time you saw like a group fall, it just felt so huge and epic.
1: I really like uh, Kelly and Lansing's work, but this was the first issue that actually felt like it had a real handle on the characters, like it was really being like, these guardians, th- they, this is what they do, is they, they are very emotional, they care for each other so much, but it's all internal and it takes an extreme situation for them to, to bring it out. And we got it here, I just feel like it started in a, in a strange place, and we weren't getting enough of the story, both emotionally and actual narrative because of the sort of coy choice to make Grootfall a reveal later on. So it, it is coming into place here. I It's a shame the characters died and we'll never see, but see them.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to miss the Guardians. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. They're
0: never coming back. Uh, Marvel yeah. traditionally is not bringing back characters. They kill them and they're like, nope, we're sticking with that. We're not bringing them back the next month or anything like that. That's
2: how comics works. Exactly.
0: Uh, this was the issue that I was waiting for personally. And yeah. uh, it, Nailed it, but it's frustrating that it took six months to get there. Monarch number six from Image Comics, written by Rodney Barnes, art by Alex Linz. In this issue, our alien overlord Back-to-back Linz! wounds is fighting against the uh, aliens that he has led to take over and destroy the Earth. Um this series is great. I love the emotion here. I love the turns here.
2: I'm very into this. You know me what I'm into is oh, okay. anytime Alex is talking, just the sound of crickets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a fun audio gag. You know, Chuck sucking it's, on a cheesesteak is fun, but this is almost I'm more sure. fun it's, for me.
1: It's not a gag. I think the cricket's actually inside my house, <laughs> and I keep walking over in the corner, and then it gets quiet because I'm intimidating to this bug. But then it starts putting out the vibes because it wants to hook up i'll go scare it again
0: yeah which uh you gotta justin you gotta hang a sock on your doorknobs so. yeah
2: let the cricket know who's You're in this busy. room yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah exactly you got stuff oh on.
1: that explains that the tiny
0: cricket sock i saw in the doorway to my oh you,
2: my you ignored the sock that's the problem
0: oh, man, oh boy i messed up hey do you guys have any opinion about this book monarch number six or just oh about- all right, oh, let's you don't on, be a, talk about I thought you
1: were gonna say something there, buddy. Noise. I see. I was surprised that this was the end. Like yeah. it, this wraps up the story and it wrapped it up in a way that I, I like I thought was emotionally satisfying, but I I thought there was gonna be a little bit more like heft. I thought there was gonna be mm-hmm. one big extra thing. Uh but I agree this was just a great sort of character study on a grand scale leading up to this issue. And I thought this issue was going to pay it off in a little bit of a bigger way.
2: Yeah. I think it's this a was very the last issue. Yeah. They wrapped up. It this said stuff. the end. Yeah. Ah. See the end there. Yeah, See know? the end. Okay. See the end where it says the end. Uh, I, I felt like this. Was and it's cool- also
1: the book, the, the last page is them posing in a family portrait where they're basically like, bye. <laughs> oh.
2: like, Thanks for reading. I guess I missed that. Somehow. oh well interesting maybe you read <laughs> too crazy. many comics maybe there's too many comics uh I I just Doesn't think this is possible a lovely story about love and uh, you know uh, what people are willing to do for it so I thought it was very touching and nice let's move to another advanced one dark spaces dungeon
0: number one out October 11th from IDW written by Scott Snyder art by Hayden Sherman this is the team that kicked off. The whole Dark Spaces line coming back for a news story about a terrifying uh, yeah. murder case, I guess you would call uh. it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Whatever it is. Terrifying people... Dungeons is what it fucking terrifying is. Terrifying or... Dungeons. You could figure that out for the title. But as you'd expect, this is Scott Snyder very much leading into horror. Hayden Sherman also leading into horror. Um, another great series from this team. Yeah, this I... book feels okay.
1: like... Like Scott Snyder, uh, I don't know if uh, you all out there follow him on social media, but he, over the course of the last like decade, he's like moved to the woods. He works in like a tiny house that I think he built behind his house. Uh, I feel like some of the 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 parenting stuff, especially at the beginning of the book, feels like it's ripped from his life. This feels like it's him sitting in his tiny like writer shack, imagining horrible things happening in the woods that surround him so that feels like the starting point for this. And then it's just like, just straight up horrifying shit that we get to see and then revealed at the end to be coming in a very direct way.
2: Yeah, this is, I don't want to spoil anything, but this is just a scariest shit story uh, of just kind of a worst possible scenario where you're finding out um, you're living in a place that people are getting horribly t- tortured. So uh, f- fun? Uh, But yeah, Scott Snyder uh, weaves a very interesting web and I'll be excited to check out more.
0: Uncanny Avengers, number two for Marvel, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Javier The Dugas? The Duges. This is the Fall of X storyline. We're getting Captain America teaming up with the new Unity Squad to try to take it to Captain Krakoa, a mysterious character who is now a nuclear power in the Marvel Universe by the end of the issue. What would you all think about this?
2: Uh, i well, mean this is the insane. crickets
1: not the the crickets not the only one hooking up because we're getting some major captain Krakoa action
2: shower. yeah right we in front, front of somebody's some tongue, like brother and like you know he's like yo that's my sister and old uh captain carnation doesn't give a fuck um yeah, yeah the uh, Strucker kids uh, yeah this is this is tough because it's a lot of mom and dad fighting which i don't like but uh deadpool talking shit about the x-men was fun uh black widow uh you know shooting captain carnation was fun um and uh yeah i mean you know anytime uh somebody's revealing stuff but then you don't get to see it but then people are hooking up in the shower is that fun i don't know but um this is weird wow Uh, that's a big shower i gotta say though so
1: mm -hmm. like you know when you have a shower that big, you're going to have you
0: ever, shower. have you guys ever done that? Have you ever hooked, hooked up with somebody's sister while their brother is like sleeping right outside? Pretending of the to
2: sleep right next to the shower. It's yeah. a very specific hey, scenario. You've done that, right? Yeah. yeah. We've all been on both sides of that. I see, I, feel like. <laughs> I guess technically I have since I do have a brother, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's nothing like it was portrayed in this. <laughs> Wait, what? I you're putting yourself questions. in the brother position? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. Uh, great. I won't ask them because I know Pete would be very mad if I said what was in my brain just now. Uh, but this book feels like they're really leaning into the Avengers side of the Uncanny Avengers here. on the In the Fall of X books, this feels very much like an Avengers book. There's a little bit of fun here. It's drawn in a sort of lighter way. So I like that different tone.
2: I mean, Some- do you... Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you haven't done your review yet. I, I, am just at this point. I'm like, who the fuck is it? Stop with this. because oh, with at Captain this point Kukawa. Yeah, at this point, the buildup is too much, and now I'm, I'm just. It's like, been I don't, two issues. It's too much.
0: It's Tell
2: too
0: me who the fuck it is. Our the theory that Justin and I have been talking about that's 100
2: percent wrong is strife, strife, strife. strife. She knows who it is because she was like, Oh, it's you. And he was like, Shut up. Well, don't
1: you think she would during the shower kissing? Yeah.
0: She's like, Ah, how how often often are you not wearing your sharp armor? How often are you kissing someone? You're like, Oh, it is you. (laughs) Nice. All the time. Most of the time, when I'm making out with somebody and their brother is right outside, um, they're like, Oh, it's you. Oh, it's you,
1: your brother's sister.
0: Nice. Cool. cool.
1: The cool. the thing is, if if we're just going to reveal this to be the evil Hydra cap. That, that's no good anymore. They've let the mystery yeah. hang on too long. I think it has to be somebody besides Hyde.
0: What is, what is with you guys in this? Is this mystery has been going on too long for two issues so far, plus a free comic
1: book. Because video. it hasn't been going on for two issues. There was an issue before Thank where you, uh, JT. Captain Krakoa went and killed Congress, if you remember. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that get,
0: get um, I forgot about it's that. It's been going because, on for like, a
2: long time. Long time? Yeah, Captain Great Parsley issues, had a fucking... Sperm Bush, whatever the fuck. Do you remember fuck, back in the day when Chris hey, hey, was you? like
0: Havoc, Lor- Lorna, whatever her name is, Polaris? Like they found a whale, they're yeah. like, "Whoa, weird whale!" And then thirty issues later, he was like, "By the way, that was the Brood." Here we go. That's See, what that I was based just right. All just right.
1: On. Yeah, <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool, definitely. Cool, yeah, 30 issues minimum to reveal a mystery.
0: Mm-hmm. Something is killing your anticipation, but also something is killing the children. Number <laughs> 33 on, from Boom Studios, written by James Town IV, art by Werthe del daria In this issue, Erica is gearing up with her big fight for on a oh, number shit. of fronts. Pete, I was very surprised to hear it sounds like this was your
2: issue of the week why did you like this so much oh man well I, this does a great job of just building up the tension for what's to come plus taking some uh shots at therapy in this you know uh, the kids like yo this therapy is fucking hard and weird and dumb and uh, there and she was like okay all right yeah those are good points uh, uh but uh i i love the art i love the storytelling i love all the things that are happening in the uh, all this coming together in this kind of issue, just getting you ex- so excited for the next one. Uh, yeah, I am so impressed with this book all the time. I mean, it really is taking a long time to tell the story and taking a lot of turns and kind of uh, all sorts of stuff. But man, uh, I am very excited to see what's going to go down. Justin, what
1: about the, you? Uh, the, this book is, has become such a hangout book. Where the characters are hanging out, not a ton happens. We're hanging out. It's all this book, this issue is all anticipation for the next issue. Yeah, it is. It's such a and like it's it's fine. Like I and I don't want. I'm not like the hater of this book. It seems like you of, are. But of all of James Tynan's titles, this one I'm always like, God, what's there's just nothing going on here. Ever. There are just well, always I'm like
2: not, that's not true. There's a lot of things going on. It's all setting things up.
1: Yeah, I know. I've watched those videos where it's just a bunch of dominoes being set up. And I'll tell you what, I fast forward to the end. Oh my so,
0: it, it is very interesting to me that I think Pete and I like this book in general much more than you do. And the way that I've come to peace with it is every issue is 20 pages of the story. Like, this is very much... Yeah. Like Brian Michael Bendis on ultimate Spider-Man decompressed book where it's like, yeah, you're not getting an issue. You're getting 20 pages of something is killing the children. And yes. I, I love it. Like I love the emotion that's present there. I yes. love Werther Del Darius art. It's yes. phenomenal throughout the character designs are out, but I get what you're saying because a lot of the times it doesn't work on an issue by issue to basis. But if you're looking at it as like, I'm getting a little snippet of this world, it does work.
2: It does work if you love the world that they set up. If you love, and if you hate things that
0: are good, you won't like it.
2: All right. right. Well, I don't know about all that, but I just think that, yeah, I understand what you're saying of attacking. I I thought, I thought so, but then I wasn't sure. I don't know about that. Anyways. I just think that like, I agree with what the Zalbatron is saying is that like, if you like this world, then you want to spend time in it. You, even if it's not like all the answers, it's giving you a little bit at a time, like, These creepy little doll things that are like where the monsters are stuck in are just so fascinating to me. The time you see them, the tension of it is just like so intense. You're like, oh God, is this monster? There's a doll.
1: That happens when you see regular dolls. I'm just saying, like, something is killing the children. I want to read that's what's killing the children.
0: Oh boy. Nice. (laughs) Terror War. Terror War. Excuse just me.
1: just before we move on, Der- Terror War, a great Der- wine book. Der- uh, Der- I I do like something is killing the children. It's it's well written. House of Slaughter moves at a pace that I think speaks yes. to me a little bit more.
0: Oh, House and, of Slaughter uh, is and this one, book is still good. Whatever you're you're right. House of Slaughter is more issue by issue basis. Something by is killing the children is more a wash of the world, but. I think they're both Still good, and you're a stupid fucking piece of shit. All right, why don't we move on to Terror War number six. how happy that Terror ter- War. Say it like, uh... Terror like, ter- ter- War, you asshole. Terror ter- Water. Right? Like Sugar Water? Ter- yeah. Ter- sugar Water. Terror War. Terror War. Terror War, no shirks, from Image Comics, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Dave Acosta. In this issue, we're getting a lot more about the Terror War and exactly what's happening as they fight back on it. There's some big revelations of this issue. What would you guys think about this one?
2: Uh, this is continues to be uh, a lot of fun. We kind of get the you know we thought Mohammed died, but then he's okay. But then you have the goop monster that kind of forms the face of him, and you're like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, I, I I like what's going down. I think this is interesting, and it continues to move things forward in a in, in an enjoyable way. Um, shut up, cricket. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm telling something a good is killing here. the cricket. Yeah, Something's I wish. To it. I wish. I'm gonna keep reading it.
1: The I don't know this. This book feels a little too cool for school. When I'm Ooh. reading it, it feels a little bit like all the characters, are like yeah, it's crazy, blah 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 blah. And it's not. It's there's just some bye, an bye, element. Bye, that, bye. I, it's just an element that's not quite locked in for me in this book. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, why don't we move on and talk about Wolverine number thirty-seven from Marvel, written once again—once again, excuse me—by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Rip. This is bringing Wolverine after the Weapons of Vengeance storyline fully into the Fall of X storyline, kind of, but it's more picking up on the previous storyline where he's tracking down a bunch of clones of himself around the world. This issue, it is with Hulk. And he visits yep. a bunch of places that he's been before. We get a Wendigo Logan. We get to see a Madripoor Logan. Bunch of continuity stuff going on here. What would you all think about this?
1: This book is really fun. I've liked this uh, for a long time. We've talked about this, that we're surprised. Alex and I are surprised that Pete doesn't like it more. I was like, okay, big reset. We start with, I'm alone again. I'm hated again. And on screen, no more mutants, Orcus Promises like fun wolverines alone gonna take on orcas from the side and then we get right back into just wolverine getting wrecked the hulk shows up he gets wrecked everyone's just getting (laughs) slashed to pieces i was like oh this is more more of what we love and a reset but i think the secret underlying thing here is we're going through a lot of old wolverine continuity like you mentioned alex i think there was a great wolverine wendigo um arc way back in the day yeah there was preview appearance. for the next yeah preview for the next issue is Wolverine and Cap just like the iconic uncanny X-Men cover from Chris Claremont era with Black Widow.
2: Yeah, I think that the this is starting to get enjoyable again. I mean I'm I'm over the Wolverine minions part but we get a little bit of that in here unfortunately. But what I really loved about this it's a jump through kind of Wolverine's timeline. We get Patch we get uh, you know back when he fought Hulk for his first appearance and Windigo in his first appearance. So this was a real kind of cool walk through his timeline and uh, really kind of some amazing battles, some fantastic fights. I really loved it, um, and I really liked the Banner uh, stuff as well. I thought that was very cool and interesting and uh, uh, very enjoyable. I just I'm looking forward to when we can get past the wolverine minions bullshit so uh starting to really get back on you board. mean clones
1: but you mean min- minions you say minions you mean the clones from the previous model.
2: yeah yeah i call them minions because it was such a dumb idea uh, anyways um yeah he's I- the best there is at what he does and what he does is love da-na-na. yeah yeah exactly fun minions reference um Thank yeah I, uh yeah so i'm starting to really kind of enjoy wolverine again which feels good um i'm looking forward to uh, uh getting more and in, 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 into it as well Amazing. yeah I, ju-
0: I, I just love that benjamin percy writes towards juan jose rip and was like what's the grossest thing that could happen to wolverine right now let's have juan jose rip Draw that because 100%. He can. His art is disgusting, and I will read any issue that he draws at any time. Savage Squad 6, number three from Dark Horse Comics, written by Robert Venditti, art by Brockton McKinney. In this issue, our main characters are still fighting
2: some enormous wolves in the remains of big bad wolves. I think. Yeah, I mean, they're yep. huge wolves with lightning eyes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. really cool looking. Wolves, yeah, okay, some not just good regular action wolves. in this book. Yeah, there's a ton of insane violence and fights. It's really uh, glorious and there's a lot One of blood of everywhere.
1: A lot of blood. One of the characters sacrifices themselves so unnecessarily
2: at the beginning. Oh, come of the on, fight. dude, that's not Rosie. unnecessary. You're giving them some time, Give them some space to get clear. I was dude.
1: like, wait, we this fight just started. Why are you throwing your body into the the electro wolf? Uh, strange. Uh, this story. Uh, I don't. I don't know this world too much either. But uh, the the things that happen are are wild.
2: Yeah, I'm having a great time with this. This is really, you know, very savage and a uh, great uh, squad. So I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, I can't you, wait. Would till you say we get
0: to... you like the savage and you like the squad? Would you say your estimation is like a six out of six?
2: Well, that's the thing. We're the at number time three done... right now, and I can't wait till we get to six. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well,
0: in Hell We Fight, number four, from Image Comics, written by John Lehman, <laughs> art by John. In Hell Hale. We Fight! In this issue, we're continuing to follow our misfits who are in hell and fighting. Um, they are trying to get an angel back to heaven ostensibly so that they can potentially get into heaven themselves. This continues to be a very fun title. I'm having a good time with it.
2: Yeah, and that's, that was kind of my plan for getting to heaven, like find an angel and be like, I'm with that guy, you know what I mean? And just kind of walk From in. From hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See if you can get in that way. Smart move. Uh, I think this is just a crazy fun adventure. I, I love the characters in this. You know, uh, the, there's that one little devil who kind of gets beat up and shunned, but then saves the day, so totally redeems himself uh love the giant dragon so cool looking the arts absolutely uh fantastic in this uh i this continues to be a really fun creative cool story
1: i look forward to pete in hell uh having to just like work for a very aggressive landlord uh for all of eternity well, don't fixing so many sinks for bruce wayne uh <laughs> this book is fun. It's, uh, there's these characters I like, and I like the sort of ramshackle journey that they're on.
2: Ooh.
0: Why don't we move on and talk about our next issue? This is one I'm just going to mention the title and the creative team, and then I think we can kind of move on from there and not really talk about it too much. Spider-Man number 34 from Marvel, written by Zeb Swells, art by Patrick Gleason. And then we'll move on and talk about the Lonesome Hunters, the Wolf Cub. Yeah, that's a
1: great story.
2: Can't wait to talk about that. This book
1: is in the stack, The Amazing Spider-Man, so it is worth talking about. It wasn't an accident. Okay, I mean, and you know we've talked about this run the zeb wells run for quite some time and right currently in this book peter parker is injected with the goblin serum he's doing straight up villainy shit.
0: here's the thing he's not injected with the goblin serum he's injected with the sins of norman Osborn. oh yeah sorry
1: sorry this i i, I do I've, think yeah. they're
0: legitimately like all jokes aside i think there is a textual difference that they are ignoring in this arc but go ahead justin
1: well, that's fair, because that that's also where I'm like, I, I don't, I, this issue, I was like, this is a little much for even me. Oh, like, yeah. we get, mm-hmm. it's very, it's just very dark, from the Peter Parker side of it to the Craven mm-hmm. side, where he's like, contemplating ending his life for the entire issue, essentially, mm-hmm. which I was like, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an interesting that's twist the at the, the end. the
2: leader, you maybe are, can relate, you know what I mean? as well what? What? as the reader you're like yeah we should be ending our lives because oh it's i see don't nope, nope, take it back don't
1: <laughs> don't do that don't say that but but I, I i do think i i don't know where why we're doing this what's the Mm -hmm. overall idea here what's the comment on spider-man what's the comment on peter parker because really this feels like almost like a a a dark timeline or like a broken earth or some that kind of a situation we're dealing with and not a story that feels like it's ah this is peter parker working it out
2: well that's the thing is this nightmare continues but Uh, To me, I was like, oh, now I see the point of this. This is a redemption arc for Norman Osborn. Because if he saves Spidey, you know, I think that's a puts him in a better place of like, you know, uh, instead of Norman Osborn, who we don't trust to actually being able to trust him with stuff. So that's what I think is happening here. And uh, it's painful to have it go through it. But. I don't know, maybe something on the other side of that will be interesting. Well, to your point, Pete,
0: this is, uh, I mentioned this with the last issue that I was frustrated with the whole Craven's Last Hunt text of it all. And the issue starts off with Norman running in on Mary and Paul and being like, you got to get out of here. Peter is... Something is wrong with him. He is going to come for you next. You got to go. And he doesn't exactly explain why, but it's clearly like Peter is doing the goblin thing of, I'm going to throw Paul off of a bridge and break his neck. And Marie Jane is going to... He says such. Yeah, he says as such. And that part, I got to be honest, like I was into the panic and the emotion of that. That worked for me. But then beyond that, when they started to get into the whole Craven being buried thing using the same rhythm of the text that craven les hunt had then they started doing it with norman osborne as well it completely lost me like i i my problem is the problem that you're saying justin which is what are we saying about peter parker here and the answer to me is nothing so far like ooh, if he had the sins of norman osborne he'd be unfettered and he wouldn't have any of the responsibility so he just like go and murder all of these people sure but i'm not learning anything new about him here necessarily and really why we
2: want to see peter parker murder
0: versus him. that first scene through norman osborne's perspective was much more interesting to me because to what pete was saying it's more illuminating about norman it's more illuminating yeah. about barry and it's even more illuminating about a paul a character who thus far is a big nothing
1: yeah and like norman is the main character of this like peter parker is just the monster under the bed for this entire issue so like and maybe that's a temporary thing and i i do like some of the things that zeb wells has been doing unpopular opinion on this podcast perhaps well no i uh, mean
2: zeb wells is an amazing writer i love zeb wells um you know i just think that sometimes you know you got to do a story that maybe isn't your favorite or something what is what this like thing this
0: 100 is not true you know this right like this is zebwell's choice to do this thing he, nobody I, is like has a gun to his head and is forcing him
1: to yeah do. who do you think's the secret wait zebwell's more like web cells
2: whoa <gasps> no we've interviewed zeb and he's amazing and a fantastic person and an unbelievable writer but i think in this business sometimes there are times where you take something you're like you take a gig on something to get another gig or to prove yourself here to get well, something you want know, think, here's what i'm going to say he's, right he's here like, i think
0: this is the way to solve this let's get a trending hashtag free zeb wells <laughs> right, guys? Hashtag free oils Let's put it on Blue Sky or wherever people talk about things these days.
1: Yes, Blue Sky is
0: the perfect platform for freezeb wells. Mm hmm. Great. They don't use hashtags. The Lonesome Hunters, The Wolf Child, number three from Dark Horse Comics by Tyler Crook. In this issue, we are continuing to follow the titular wolf child, as well as our dude, old dude with a gigantic sword and a small girl who has befriended the wolf child. Pete, I know you love this one, so why don't you talk about it?
2: Yeah, this is just a really... Um, I picked this, Yeah, Alex. this was God. Justin's oh, pick. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh I'll just go look the same to me.
1: Yeah, but P did hoot and holler when I picked this, so I'll give it to you. <laughs> go ahead. All right.
2: Well, yeah, I mean the art is crazy type bananas just unbelievable. Um I I love all the things happening in this issue. I also uh like how kind of things are coming together. Um I just think it's uh, such a cool last panel. Um, you know, why not give a giant sword to a wolf and uh, see what happens. So yeah, I'm very excited about what's happening here and the story and uh, uh, the art. This is uh, continues to be such a creative, cool book. I'm very excited about it.
1: Just great characters, like we've got a 126 year old reluctant occult daddy, granddaddy, uh, hanging out with a a youthful sidekick just discovering this world. We got talking birds, we got a wolf boy, we've got a big old wolf, a bunch of bad dudes. The art's really cool, it's Mike Mignola adjacent, makes sense, it's Tyler Crook. Uh, If you're a fan of Hellboy, I think you can jump in on this. It's really nice.
0: Fishflies, number two from Image Comics by Jeff Lemire. This is about a town who has been taken over by fishflies and the criminal dude who has been turned into a giant fly is having like an Iron Giant-style
2: relationship with a girl who cannot stop sneezing. Snack girl. Uh, Yeah, I think this is like uh, you know, a very interesting Jeff Lemire book, you know, sometimes you get this mix of animal people and Jeff Lemire is kind of doing a little bug action here. So it's a very creative and cool kind of tripped out and weird. And, uh, at one point, uh, you know, this lady says to the cop, follow the bugs. Uh, and uh, yeah, we get the story of kind of a bug who can't talk to this little snot girl, but they go on a lovely jumping uh tour of the town, and it's a, it's kind of a beautiful moment.
1: It's Iron Giant meets Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, just the crossover we all demanded. I gotta say, we read Fishflies Flies number one, I was like, this is interesting, and then I was up visiting my mom for Labor Day weekend in way of State, New York. And this happened. We came down to go swimming one day, and the lake was covered in these exact Ugh, bugs. No way!
2: Are you serious? Where
1: swear? And it wasn't as crazy as it is in the book, but I we got down there, and it was like, oh, these bugs are going to. It's gross enough that it's hard to swim in the water because there are bugs everywhere. So there were so really many
2: bugs. Up. Like I, it was uh, reading this comic. I was like, well, this doesn't happen. But you're telling me it happens.
1: It does happen. I imagine like uh, the lake that I. That my mom lives on is a small lake on a, a larger lake. Especially in Canada, I imagine it is more of a pestilence, uh, like it is oh, portrayed in the book.
2: Interesting. Wow.
1: Uh, but it was it was I walked out. I was like I've stepped inside a Jeff Lemire book.
0: So oh.
2: this is real. This is real life. We just this don't. It's not yes
0: It's not. And well. weirdly, I actually started hanging out with a antler boy. So I also feel like I've walked into a Jeff Lemire book. Wow. Mm
1: that's congratulations You've, that's been
0: a dream <laughs> thank you thank you for the congratulations <laughs> earth divers number 10 from idw written by Stephen grab jones art by emily schnall after spending the past couple of issues in the ice age we're finally getting back to the whole time travel of it all what you all think about this one well it's sort nice of is... a reset uh Ooh. yeah go ahead fight fight, this issue, fight. Uh, it actually
1: has sort of a reset to it uh really bringing bringing it back to basics maybe setting up the the t- resetting up the timeline a little bit this book I-, I like the story here the idea of going back and uh putting a stop to the bad practices of america that's cool it just like it doesn't quite give me enough spine to hang my hat on in this i hang my hat on the spine just so you know not a coat rack mm-hmm. cool. the, this you're like, I, I just want like a predator that way yeah, right? like i'm a predator, predator in that way yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly i'm always tailgating and popping up at different time periods
0: this just feels like it needs just one more clarity do you think they you think tailgate or they're like in every Predator movie, the, the Predator is doing the hunt, and then there's a bunch of other Predators who are hanging out by, like... Yeah, they're, the like, lock. getting
2: ready for the hunt. They're getting yeah, they're drunk and just, like, fucking oh, grilling and chilling all day. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I hear what you're saying, um, uh, And uh, but this book has a great lesson. If you walk into a bathroom and you see somebody cutting their hair, they're having a tough day. Don't fucking say shit, because otherwise you're going to get stabbed. Um, also it talks about the importance of tic-tac-toe over time. And I really think that I'm glad someone's finally talking about it. You know what I mean? Like tic-tac-toe is the universal, uh, you know, brings everybody together. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what time period you go. Somebody's going to play tic-tac-toe with you. You know what I mean?
1: Humanity's favorite game.
2: Yeah, exactly. If you're going to time travel and you can't speak the same language, you know, set up a little tic-tac-toe. and You can have some communication and fun. Or you can set up a tenement,
0: number four, from Image Comics, written hey! by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. And this issue, the denizens of the tenement, are continuing to explore further into the horrible bone orchard wasteland that they've been sent, it, sent into. Um, I gotta say, I feel like we've lost focus on the tenement in this <laughs> issue, which well. is... Well, I don't know. Like, I think, like, if you're going to be like, all these people live in a building and the building is sucked into a weird place, that's cool. That's a great horror premise. But in this issue, they could be literally anywhere and it doesn't matter. And that's a little frustrating to me.
2: Uh, It was also kind of weird how it, like, the last panel reveal is usually like an oh shit moment. And they were like, what's that? And they were like, it's so-and-so's apartment. Whoa, come back next issue when we get to see uh-huh. the square footage. Like, what are we doing here?
1: Again, Pete only got real estate on his mind. But, Alex, that's just what you wanted, more building. And that's yeah, what you're getting that's next true. issue. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you so this issue building, didn't work you for me. A but
0: tenement number five, I'm back on board.
1: Oh, I'm gonna send to you my the, f- the board, the board of the, of the Tenement. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm also- gonna send you
1: my favorite book uh, lately, which is the floor plan to a skyscraper <laughs> in Manhattan. You guys are gonna love it.
2: Also, there was a Go weird bats. moment where a kid stabbed somebody, and they were like, "Hey, how did you know she was evil?" And they were like, "She," he was like, "Oh, she smelled," and it was like, "Wow, that's a bold move." You know, have you I ever mean, seen anybody well, who smells bad? They're unequivocally
0: evil.
1: Uh -uh. You ever smelled anybody that looks bad? They're also (laughs) evil.
2: That's not. Just because someone's having, uh, you know, maybe a bad deodorant day doesn't mean they should get get stabbed.
0: You having a stink day? Watch out. I'm coming for you with a knife. I stab everybody. Wow. Everybody. Too far? far. Way too far. Don't go to a table if Alex is
2: there, because if you don't smell nice. Stab stab. stab you. Yeah. Stabby, stab. Hey,
0: guys, we got some free buttons, got some free stickers, and I'm going to stab you.
1: (laughs) Free blade into your gut.
2: Yeah, work on Uh, that bitch.
1: I do like the I do like this book, but it I agree with you, Alex. It does feel like it's just like it's part of the Bone Orchard universe. What's that? You don't really know yet, but this issue specifically is very much in the Bone Orchard universe. Yeah, that's like, where we
0: grow the bones. You gotta come there this fall. We got the whole Bone Festival. Hang out. We got a Bone cannon. We got a band playing Bone music. Uh, it's pretty sweet. You can take as many bones as you can carry in a bag yeah.
1: bone sauce hard bone cider you <laughs> know drunk blaze uh, horseshoes the so like i i hear you i think we need a little bit more uh back into explaining what's happening.
0: my problem is i always go to the bone archer with my family and we're like this is a great idea and then we have all these bones and like what are we supposed to do with them you know we make one yeah. pie and then we have all of these bone bones pie. just hanging around. And they're rotting there, the bones. But it's right. perfect for Thanksgiving, a
1: good bone pie to bring to your family. Oh, that's true.
0: I, I didn't really think of that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things, number three from IDW, written by Cameron Chittock, art by Faro Pay. And in this issue, we're continuing to have the Stranger Things kids and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team up for Crossover Conspiracy.
2: Pete, you're clapping. Take it away. Ah, this is so much fun! Oh my god, I love it! And uh, spoiler alert: we got a crane sighting. Fucking crane, baby! Come on! Uh, woven in,
1: crane woven just, into just the
2: so continuity. So smartly woven in there. Uh, I don't know. The team on this is just killing it on so many levels. Uh, I, I love this because it does have the old Eastman and Lair theme to the art. It has that feel, which is really great. So you get uh, you know some nunchucks on fire here. You get uh, so much great stuff in this. This is just uh, a fantastic book, and I love the crossover. They're killing it uh, on both sides, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle side and the Stranger Things side. The art style is so cool and unique. I'm having such a blast with this book.
1: This book does it, like I said, does a great job of combining the two sort of mythologies here, really blending them together, which crossovers like this, I feel like never do. So that's really cool. And I also like that the TMNT guys always have that toothy grimace on their face where it's like teeth on one side, nose. Teeth on the other side, just like the action figures, makes me laugh every
2: time I see it. Oh, yeah, man. Last but not
0: least, Scrappers, number three from Image Comics, written by Cliff Blazinski and Alex DeCampi, art by Ryan Kelly and Jordy Belair. This is continuing the adventures of our hyper-advanced dogs who are fighting the man in the future. Pete, we were talking about on the live show about anthropomorphized animals I know this is one of your favorites. What'd you think about this?
2: Yeah. Um, I could have sworn I saw Alex DeCampi at the Baltimore Comic Con, but it mm-hmm. probably wasn't. Probably nope. wasn't. Uh,
1: probably wasn't. I wasn't going to call doesn't.
2: that out. Uh, no, but yeah, you did, did that. I did do that. And I was like, ah, oh, man, not yeah. her, but pr- pretty cool. Anyways, uh, Alex DeCampi does great stuff. Big fan. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was a, a continues to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, you know, everything's kind of going wrong, but uh they're making some progress. The kind of main dogs getting to know his collar uh and uh, all the things it can do. I mean, jetpacks are fun. Uh yeah, I think this is a fun book with interesting characters. I want to keep reading it and seeing what's going on, but the art team and the writing is doing a great job.
1: Very fun. It reminds me of Dino Mutt. You guys ever Ooh. watched Dynoma from back in the day uh-huh. blue Hanna Barbera cartoon, like a dog, robot dog, mama. blue Falcon. Nope. Blue Falcon and Dinomutt? No, no. Nope. Brought me back to that deep dark memory or not dark, but fun. <laughs> uh,
0: and yeah, this book is fun too. Uh, yeah. Pete, real quick, which deep dark memory did this bring oh. you back to Deep fun memory. Well, yeah, probably strays.
2: Th- I was worried it was going to turn into a strays yeah. book. So, so far, so good. For me, it was when um, my friends and I, there were me and three of my friends, we went to
0: go see this dead body in the woods and like whole whole bunch of things happened. There were some leeches at one point. We told the whole story. Hmm. Did, you drop, yeah, we Did you
1: drop a comb? Yeah, we dropped a comb. Um,
0: well,
1: where, where were the leeches? Yeah, you want to go see
0: a All dead body? All over the place. All over the place. Yeah.
2: Where were the leeches? It turned into a barfo-rama. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: that's it for the stack. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to support us and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook. And you sure do come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice. Just ran right out of gas. App of your yep. choice if you'd yep. like to support the oh, show. we
1: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at Comic Book Live on Twitter, slash X, Comic Book Club Live, on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> ComicBookClubLive.com yeah. for this Cue podcast. with Eddie Grasshopper. Until next
1: time. Grasshopper. Oh, you can't call a cricket grasshopper, dude. Now he's pissed. <laughs> he's going to eat me.
0: <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> we'll see you at the Comic Book Club. Hey!
1: Hey, this, this episode took up a lot of real estate, right, great Pete?
2: Oh, man, come on.
1: Pepsi Cookie. Comic Book
2: club. Comic Book club. Comic Book club. They sit on
0: crappy couches and they let the secret leak. An occasion of
2: the day.